Welcome to Kaya, the college and young adult ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, a ministry seeking to pursue a deeper faith in Jesus Christ through God's Word, fellowship, and prayer. Hey, Kaya, it is good to see you again, gathered together, hanging out. Uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 14 today, looking at the, the last part of that um, first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas. And so go ahead and turn there and, and be ready. Um, I'm really thankful for all of you who've posted testimonies. Again, that's you know not a mandate. No one's telling you you have to do it. But in an effort to see the gospel go forth in, uh, in this season— we, you know, I thought that this was, you know, a, a good opportunity for all of us. And I would ask again, like, if you haven't posted something, then post something. If you want to post more somethings, post more somethings. Don't, don't uh, be hindered in any way. Um, you know, let the Lord lead you. But what we are looking for opportunities to evangelize in a time, in a season where it's kind of hard to do. And so we would ask that everybody participate in that. Again, just hashtag your videos. Jesus, my hope. That way, it's easy for me to search for them, and if they need to get reshared, uh, that won't be hard to do. And people can can look up your videos um, as you post them. Um, I want to say thank you, thank you to to Seth and Ryan and Alex and the AV team that joined them on Friday night for doing the live service. Uh, man, that was edifying. Me and my family sat down and and hung out and sang sang the songs together and uh, spent that time together and uh it was it was good very beneficial and we're going to hope to do more live activities that way so keep an eye out on the facebook page for stuff like that and with that said you may have also seen a post of mine that went out this week that called you guys to um join us for live services and uh and really the point is that you know if it was a regular sunday at any other time of the year you would show up to church on sunday on the right time, you, you'd be there for services on Tuesday night. You'd be there for, for the meals and you join yourself together with the body. So don't neglect that. Uh, don't fall into bad habits. Tell yourself that you're going to, you know, watch the video later or whatever. Get out of bed, um, prepare yourself, get a cup of coffee and sit down and worship with us as best you can. You know, in good faith, um, you are joining yourself in, in a kind of an abstract way. That's OK to the body. And so um, be about that work and, and, and don't don't grow lazy because you're staying up later. I know everybody's schedules are jacked. Don't on Saturday night, don't stay up late. Uh, go to bed at a decent time and, and join yourself with us in worship um, the next morning. We're going to offer a lot of cool testimonies, live testimonies from people, some of them from Kaya. Um, so keep an eye out and, and be ready for that. Um, OK, with that said, let's pray. And then I don't think I have anything else uh, in terms of announcements, but um, yeah, just keep an eye on the Facebook page is probably the main thing, but let's pray and we'll get into it. Okay, cool. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, um, once again, it's an honor uh, to, to study your word and, and to be with you, even in these strange times, even in, in the fact that like there's nothing about this seems natural. Uh, Lord, be with us and uh, help us to accept uh, this um, as as good and and okay and Lord use it in our lives don't allow us uh, to fall prey to um, distraction laziness 
But Lord, even more deceptive than that is depression and fear and anxiety. And so Lord, uh, reign in our hearts. Teach us the, the significance of worship and uh, and deliver us from uh, loneliness and, and the isolation of our heart and mind. Even though our bodies are physically isolated, we don't have to isolate, isolate our minds and our hearts. Lord, show us what it means to lean into you and and ultimately to to uh, adapt to this season of living. And uh, God, be with us. Help all of the testimonies that have gone out to reach the people that they need to reach. Lord, help us to be bold. Help us to be fearless. Um, help us to be of effect in a world where we can't see people face to face the way that we we should be able to. Um, Lord, the the Christians throughout history have lived through way worse and have been through so much more. And um, and so, God, I just pray that we just see this as an opportunity uh, to, to thrive in a new context. So be with us, uh, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit go before us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Acts chapter 14. Um, Paul was previously, last week we learned that Paul was, was stoned. Uh, with rocks. Um, he was stoned with rocks. And uh, people threw rocks at him. And they thought he was dead and may have been dead. We talked about that last week. You can you can look into that on your own. But uh, they, they drug him outside the city. Um, there were the disciples from Lystra were gathered around him and, uh, you know, probably full of dread and full of questions. And uh, after, I don't know, a few moments, it appears, uh, Paul shook it off and he stood up and he went back into Lystra and gathered himself uh, and made a declaration of his fearlessness in the Lord. And, and so that was a really big part of our, our sermon last week. And that's why I asked you guys to be fearless in terms of your testimony and your witness online in this season, uh, to be vocal, to be active, um, knowing that you can't uh, just walk up to people on the street and share the gospel or go on campus uh, it's time to be fearless. That's the season that we're in. And so um, even I think probably after Sunday, some of you are like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to use my, you know, my social media as an opportunity to witness. I'm going to do that. But then, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday hit, and you've already convinced yourself, um, you know, to be busy with other things. And, and so we've got to be about the work. We've got to find ways. And, and so that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. But so Paul is a man of great uh, ferocity and we just see that continue as he as he goes about his work. So he leaves Lystra and he goes on. In verse 20, it says, And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. And uh, I'm going to include the map. You'll be able to see the movement on the map uh, of what where Paul went and what he did. Um, so, so you can get some frame of reference in terms of his movement. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught... They returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. Okay, so these men were not staying still is, is kind of the point. The first thing I want you to see is they weren't staying still. They weren't staying in one place. Um, they did the work and then they moved on and then they did the work and then they moved on and then, and then they circled the wagons back around and make sure in the cities they had just previously come from that the, that the work of the gospel was taking root. In other words, disciples were being established. This was a big deal to them. And so they stayed constantly moving and, and, and applying, again, that pattern of work. And they were being strategic. 
and they were and they were what we're going to talk about in a moment is they were adapting to the changes and 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 they were very very intentional so that the way they did it is that they would leave and then they would go back to cities to check on them and then they would continue to teach and establish those disciples and move on again and it was a, a very busy busy life uh this type of life was very busy and very difficult and very hard and uh it, but it was one of purpose and uh the purpose was that they were obsessed with souls that's all there was to it is that they were absolutely 100% obsessed with seeing souls saved and established in God's word and this leads uh, leads us to our first question we're going to do key questions today the first key question for today is does the persistence of your witness prove your love for souls in other words does the does the behavior of your witness the diligence of your witness the the um the lack of backing down you don't back down uh and i don't mean i'm not talking about being a jerk and like being pushy with with individuals what i'm talking about is that you are persistent to continue to sow seed everywhere that you go. In other words, uh, if that is on college campus, when the semester changes and you have new classes, you are persistent to reach that class of individuals to meet people and to, and to make opportunities where uh, where you didn't have those opportunities in the previous semester. In the summer months, are you looking for opportunities to meet new people, uh, engage people at, at your job, or um, looking for opportunities to deepen relationships and to disciple people? Are you looking for opportunities? And, and so what I'm saying is that that kind of persistence is a reflection of how you see and value uh, the precious stones, the souls of people. And if you don't value souls, and if in your economy, in your world, uh, there are other things that are more significant and more important, then your life will reflect that. And uh, that persistence of ministry will waver, and it won't be uh, it won't be important to you. And it won't be reflected in your life. And so, you know, Paul was constantly witnessing, uh, regardless of his circumstances, constantly, because that was the pattern. And regardless of the circumstances, remember, the pattern would remain the same. Uh, maybe strategies would change, but the methodology overall would remain, or the, uh, I'm sorry, the philosophy overall, which would remain the same, even if, even if the methodology had to change from time to time. And so what that allowed him to do, to do with, is with that perspective, when his circumstances would change and get and things would get difficult, he would remain consistent in his objectives. Uh, he was the master of adapting to complex situations. Um, if there was hostility, uh, he would discern whether or not he was supposed to stay in a city or leave. Okay, he knew how to do that in complex situations because the pattern was right. He had liberty through the Holy Spirit to make a decision: Do I remain in the city even though it seems a little bit dangerous? Or do I leave and focus my attention elsewhere, let this cool down, maybe I'll come back later? Um, if he was received by people, he was discerning enough, the Holy Spirit would lead him to say, okay, do I stay here and disciple or do I leave someone behind? Do I leave Timothy behind? Do I leave Titus behind here to do the work so that I can go on and do something else? He let the Holy Spirit guide him. He was discerning, uh, but he was devoted. He was persistent. Uh, he knew how to face tragedy and pain uh, that was outside of his control. When things would happen to him, such as the shipwreck that we talked about, but but natural disasters and droughts and illnesses, when these things would fall upon him, he knew how to exist and be in those moments. He adapted. 
Uh, he knew uh, poverty and he knew prosperity. He knew joy and he knew tears. He knew prison cells and he knew free, he knew freedom. And he knew how to exist in all of these types of situations. Listen to what he says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to, how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am, am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So you thought that verse, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me, was a verse that people use before big football games. Uh, and and that, that it, what it says is that I can achieve anything I want to achieve because God wants that for me. And that is a, that is a prosperity perspective. It's a false gospel. This passage is about how to adapt in suffering. In other words, I know how to suffer because in all of those sufferings and all of those circumstances and all of those situations, I have strength through Christ and I can live. I can be, I can be hungry and I can suffer. Um, uh, I can, I can do all things and I can adapt to all situations because I'm content in the Lord. And I know that I'm ultimately I'm victorious in him. Uh, I want to share another passage with you. If you look at 2 Corinthians eleven twenty two, it says, this is Paul talking and he's describing himself and he's describing all, you've heard me, you know, reference this passage before in Acts. In fact, we'll probably reference it again, but it's so powerful what he's saying. This is one of his testimonies. He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more ab uh, abundant, in stripes more uh, above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. So this took a bad turn here. Things aren't, you know, these aren't things to necessarily be bragging about here. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes. In other words, on five different occasions, he received, it says 40 stripes save one, 39 lashings on five different occasions. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of the churches. In other words, upon all, you know, added to all of that stuff, I have to take care of the churches, all of those disciples that I've established over time. I'm also responsible for those people, and that wears on my, my mind and uh, my body. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is offended, and I burn not? If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. In Damascus, the governor under uh, Aretas, the king, kept the city of Damascus with a garrison. So he's about, he's telling a story here. And this is actually the point that I want to get to. He's telling a story. He's switched gears here. And after he listed all those things that are difficult in his life and all those things that he had to adapt to and deal with, he says that there's this guy, this uh, King Aretas, uh, and uh, he sent a garrison desirous to apprehend me. And through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. 
so what he's saying is he adapted to this situation. This guy sent this garrison after him. And he knew in this situation the best thing for him to do was to not let himself be imprisoned and because he had more work to do in the, Lord, in the Lord's name. So they lowered him in a basket out the window. Now, if I don't know if that's, you know, if that's not adapting, I don't really know what is. The man knew how to endure and to persist and do what was necessary to make sure that the gospel went forth. So here's the question. So in this season of limited ministry resources, are you making the most of what you have are you adapting? And if you're not adapting, I would suggest that the, the thing that needs to happen is that you need to turn to the source of promise that you know. You've got to go to God's word. You've got to be a worshiper. You have to be with him and get the first things right. You know, all those things that you learned in discipleship about Jesus Christ uh, about God the Father, about the Holy Spirit, about the Word of God, about all of the promises, the basic truths of who God is. You need to go back and learn those things because those are the things, the things of discipleship are the things that teach you how to adapt in seasons of difficulty. Now, if you are a person devoted to souls, if you are obsessed with souls, if you are a person of adaptation and this season just poses a new opportunity, then praise God, that's what we want because it is a time to be creative and strategic and to adapt. You're not going to change the pattern. The pattern remains the same, but the way that you execute the pattern will change and, and you're going to have to adapt in the season day by day and week by week. I don't, we don't know how long we're going to be at home spending time with one another this way. I mean, we've already lost all of the college semesters are, are, are done. You don't get to go to campus anymore. You don't get to meet people. You don't get to invest in those souls. So what are you going to do? Okay, and we talked about that last week. But the point is, is that, that Paul knew how to adapt. And we ought to know how to adapt as well. So let's talk about what they did a little bit. What were they doing as they circled around from city to city? What were they focused on? Well, verse 22 tells us, uh, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that and and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. So there's three things that they taught or at least three things that they did. Okay. So the first thing was they, they, they confirmed the believers. So when they went back to Lystra and they went back to Iconium, what they were doing is they were confirming the believers. In other words, they were uh, investing time and energy to making sure that the people that professed Christ the last time they were there were still doing well and that those and that their, their salvations were genuine. And so they went back and they found the true disciples, the people that had stuck with the faith in the absence of Paul and Barnabas. And from that group, uh, they spent time uh, teaching and exhorting them. Okay, so they confirmed and then they exhorted. And what that means is that they encouraged the people through teaching. They spent time with them the same way they spent time with people in Antioch before they ever went on their missions trip here. The way that they spent time with Ant, uh, the people in Antioch is they, they taught them, they exhorted them, they invested in them, they encouraged them, they built them up. And, and that is discipleship. And so they spent time discipling and investing and encouraging. I hope that you're doing that with one another in this season. I hope that you're getting a hold of your disciples and spending time with them. Um, I, Dylan and I missed each other yesterday, so we're going to try to get together on, on Sunday and spend time with one another in discipleship. We met last week and it was awesome. It was like as though we were just face to face. It was fantastic. Continue to check in on one another. Continue to exhort. And then finally, they taught them the perspective. They taught them the perspective. 
and that we through, this is what they taught, and that we through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. They provided perspective on the trials and tribulations which the Christians were destined to have. Okay, they were destined to, 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 to come into trials and tribulations and they were teaching them the perspective on how to deal with that. In other words, um, we ought to understand that we are going to face difficulty and life is just hard naturally. Everyone faces hardships. So, we're, you know, we've got that, that just the natural order of things means that there will be hardship. But beyond that, there's going to be a greater hardship for believers than there is for the natural person. Uh, the man, the, the carnal man, the spiritual man is going to face more tribulation and more trial because he's an enemy. He's an enemy of Satan. And we are going to face trials. And so Paul, part of Paul's discipleship was to include this perspective. You are going to face tribulation and you need to persevere. You need to persevere and you need to endure and you need to know how to deal with hardship. You need to know how to adapt. And the, the question for us becomes, does your fearlessness prove that you understand the urgency of your mission? Does your fearlessness prove that you understand the urgency of the mission that we have? And what I mean by that is that does the way that you conduct yourself in the midst of trial prove the fact that you're urgent for souls, that you're urgent to, ex urgent to execute the mission? In other words, <clears throat> do you have a perspective on Christianity that says, A, I will live the mission. I will execute the mission. I will be obedient to uh, evangelize, disciple. Okay, but but beyond that, does that does that perspective persist in the knowledge that you're going to face tribulation and difficulty when the hardships come? Are you still mission minded? Okay, so understand that that trial is a crucial component to the Christian uh, the Christian worldview. You cannot fear this moment that we're in. You can't fear it. And you don't get to make excuses either. You don't get to make excuses to not live the Christian life, to not be a disciple, to not be an evangelist, to not be a mentor in a season that seems difficult. And that's why Paul taught the people of Lystra how to endure tribulation and that, that tribulation was a part of the kingdom work. And so I ask and plead with you guys that uh, we would recognize that in this hardship um, that we have a responsibility to to shake loose the fruit. Um, when I was in the coffee industry, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I used to be a graphic designer for the roastery. And so I like knew everything about coffee uh, in 2007. Uh, and I, I lived and breathed it and, and education and coffee was, you know, it was a big deal to me. A lot of you guys who are baristas, you know, maybe you've gone through that, but I loved, I loved coffee. I, you know, I love coffee. And, uh, one of the things that was really fascinating to me was, um, that, uh, a lot of coffee farms, the big, big plantations, right? Like, uh, the ones that Folgers runs, the big coffee companies that, that produce, you know, you know, large, large amounts of coffee, right? Generate tons of coffee beans to roast, have these machines. And, uh, they, what they do is at the right part of the season, these, these machines will go and they don't pick individual seeds, they, right? They don't pick the, the, the fruit of the coffee plant. What they do is they shake the bushes and they, they look to have the fruit fall from the, the bushes into the, to, to the cradling baskets beneath. And so, um, man, 
it's amazing uh, that uh, our responsibility, it's so crazy, our responsibility in this season is to kind of be like that machine. In other words, we don't know where the fruit is because we're not in front of it. We're not facing, we can't discern eye to eye uh, who is hearing the gospel. All we can really do is shake loose the fruit. In other words, we do things, for lack of a better term, not, you know, agitate isn't, you know, agitate just means to to, to do something that would shake loose, right? Um, and I, so when I say agitate, I don't mean like to be abrasive. What I'm saying is that we need to agitate uh, the, the sphere of influence that we have. We need to shake loose the possible fruit that we would have never seen before. And so that means, man, maybe that means reaching out to individuals that you haven't spoken to in a long time and saying, hey, I just want to check in. How are you doing in the midst of this situation? How, is there a way that I can pray for you? Is there a way that I, I know that we haven't spoken since high school or from or since college or, or maybe it's been a year or two. I was just thinking about you and I was on my computer and I thought I'd reach out and I'd say hello. And, uh, and most of you guys have thousands of friends on social media. I mean, that work alone uh, might produce some fruit. It might produce some conversations. But my point is, is that it's time to be creative. It's time to adapt. It's time to have the right perspective in spite of the situation. So, you know, it's great that we shared our testimonies. That's great. Let's be fervent about that. Let's all do that. Let's, let's post videos. But listen to me. The thing that I'm afraid of is that a lot of us will have posted those videos and we say to ourselves, well, I did that. Okay. And the novelty of all of the likes that you're getting on, on Facebook. Oh, that's so sweet. And the comments in the comment section, when those things dry up, what do you do next? What do you, what do you do next? Oh, your witness is, is done like that. You did your responsibility. You did your part. I don't know if that's the right perspective. Um, I would suggest that it's our responsibility biblically to go into the, the byways and the highways, to go out and to find the publicans and sinners, those who in this season maybe are neglected, uh, and, and, and reach out to them and express your love and affection for them and a desire to be there for them and, 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 and shake things up and find out whether or not they're willing to engage you in friendly dialogue. Again, this is not... Again, this is not transactional. If your heart isn't full of love and a desire, an obsession to see souls saved, this would be, I'd be calling you to a vain work. And it would be a hassle to do this, what I'm suggesting. It would be a hassle. It would be embarrassing. It would be stifling to your reputation. But if you actually love people, this isn't a vain work. This is the work that you want to do. This is the work that you desire to do is to reach out to people, to call people up, friends and, and, and family members and ask them if they need anything and show them love for the sake of the gospel. Um, I was talking to some of the leaders in Kaya the other day and telling them I've had several opportunities with people just recently that I wouldn't have had otherwise. This has forced me to be more intentional about texting people, reaching out to people, messaging people. A guy I haven't talked to in seven or eight years, a student of mine, we had a good conversation this week through Facebook Messenger. And this is forcing me to be, I can't be on campus. I can't go to the Art Institute and, and do the Bible study, get to know new kids and, and new people. I don't get to do that. Um, I'm not getting to go into the coffee shops and, and, and meet people. I don't get to go to the gym in the morning and, and, and try to meet people. I don't get, I don't have those opportunities. So I've got to find 
new opportunities. And I hope you're hearing me. And I feel like maybe I'm overemphasizing this. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm talking about it too much and I'm belaboring the point. Um, some of you um, desire to be leaders in ministry. And some of you desire to have a, an impact for the gospel's sake. Some of you are going to be missionaries one day. And if you want to be any of those things, if you desire to grow in your faith and be a minister of the gospel, it is crucial for you to understand that you have to adapt in times of trial and tribulation. You have to do that. And it is not an excuse. Those times are not an excuse. Like, oh, it's a drought. It's a ministry drought. And so I'm going to spend my evenings charging through seasons and seasons of television shows, right? I'm going to spend my evenings on Netflix or Disney Plus, you know, and I'm going to get through the entire catalog of whatever, you know, Star Wars or whatever. This is not an excuse to be that person. If you desire to be a minister of the gospel, this is a season for you to adapt and to try new things and to be creative because you know the pattern for your life is to minister the gospel. Um, that's that's all I'm going to get into. I was really hoping uh, to to talk about the other, the remaining, you know, verse 23 and on in Acts chapter 14. But I think I've said enough uh, for this week and, uh, and hopefully you're, you're hearing me. I love you guys. Um, but we are ministers. And so as much as we uh, are, are, we're Kaya, we're the college and young adult ministry, as much as that is a fellowship, meaning we have friendship and love for one another. We love to be together. We love to spend time together. We love to, you know, we're brothers and sisters. We are also a military. We are also a battalion. Um, we are Paul's and Barnabas's and Titus's and Timothy's and, and we are Peter's and John's and we are disciples of Jesus Christ. And that means that we have to be about the business of Jesus and we have no excuses regardless of the season, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the drought. Um, man, adapt. And that's what my prayer will be for you. And uh, I love you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you again for this time. And I thank you for my friends. And I hope that this format, it seems so disingenuine to sit here and talk uh, to my computer. But even as I talk, I can, I can, I can sense my friends. Um, I, and I know that they're with me. And I know that they're hungry and I know that they're desirous of souls. I know that they want the same things that you want. And for those that don't, Lord, I just pray that they would revisit who you are and that they would go back to the first things of their faith and that they would lay hold on the promises uh, that you've given them and that they would spend time meditating on who you are so that they could get your heartbeat. But Lord, uh, Lord, we pray that as we listen to your heartbeat, as we hear who you are from your word, as our worship is right, Lord, would you activate our faith and teach us how to adapt in a season where it seems like we have all kinds of excuses about not doing the work of an evangelist. And I, and I, and I think that your word is clear, um, that fishing is our job. And as fishermen, um, we have to know and be able to adapt to the season's uh, the changing of the tide, uh, the the um, the different lures that, ha that have to be used um, when we're fishing in different ways and in different environments, what the current of the water looks like, um, that we would know and we would be able to, uh, to, to 
be discerning because of your Holy Spirit, be discerning enough uh, to uh, change the way we do things with a heart to minister the gospel. And so, um, God, I just ask for your help and uh, pray for humility because this is something that we could force, I guess, and we could do it in our flesh. Uh, So, Lord, I pray that we would avoid that by continuing to turn for you in in prayer and in fasting, which is what we're going to learn about next, is, is that we would pray and we would fast Lord, that your mission would continue to go forth in your power, not the power of our flesh. We need you. This is a work that you do and that your spirit does, not us. So help us in that regard, that we be humble and we trust you. And we pray for every opportunity that, that we would go through um, you know, our Facebook uh, friends list and that we would pray for every single individual there and ask that you would work in their life, that this is an opportunity for us to, to actually focus in prayer and in fasting. And so... Oh, Lord, I love you. Um, Be with us. Strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Thank you uh, for hanging out with me. And and please um, encourage everyone uh, that's, that's in Kaya to follow the Lord and to pursue him in this time. And uh, that's it. I'll see you soon. Okay, bye. today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in His Word. For more information about Kaya, for service times and information about our disciple-making ministry, please visit our website at caya.live.